Thank you, Morgan. It is a joy to be with you tonight as we continue on in our teaching series. I need your attention. Come on, baby. Come on. I'm right here, right here. We're going to continue on in our teaching series, The Hills We Die On. And the reason why we are walking through these hills that we die on is because if you consider yourself a part of the student ministry here, then you are a part of the church at Bill Schultz. And it's important for you, if you're going to be a part of our church here at Bell Shoals, you need to understand and you need to learn what we are all about. Hence, the hills that we die on. These are our core values. These are what drives us as a church. These are the non-negotiables because they are hills that we die on. We're not going to waver on these at all. And so over the last couple of weeks, I know that you've unpacked several of these. You've talked about aggressive authenticity. You've talked about unwavering unity. You've talked about community-mindedness. Tonight, I'm going to unpack my favorite one of the hills that we die on, and that's the one, bold moves. Everybody say bold. Everybody say bold. Say moves. Bold moves. That went off the rails. Say bold moves. And the reason why we believe in bold moves here at Bell Shoals is because we serve a big God. Amen? And a big God, a big God deserves us to be bold in our approach and how we follow him. So, here we go. If you're taking notes, right out the gate, here's my, ne- my definition of what it means to be bold. I know some of you are note takers and this is great. I want you to write this down. Boldness. Boldness is behavior born out of belief. You think about that. Boldness is behavior born out of belief. Because students, you got to get this. You got to get this right out the gate. What you believe determines how you behave. What you believe will come out in your behavior. What you believe ultimately is what's going to drive you. For example, that if you believe that everybody's going to criticize you if you do something, then your behavior will be shy and reserved. That's how you're going to act. If you believe that you're probably going to fail at something, then you're going to venture at it cautiously. If, on the other hand, you believe, and this is what I hope you get tonight, students, if you believe the one true Lord God is calling you, is empowering you, is leading you, is equipping you, if you believe that, that will come out in your behavior. That's what will drive you, and as a result of that belief, you will act boldly and courageously. And we're going to see that tonight in Scripture, that boldness is born out of belief. What you believe will determine how you act. And we're going to look at this in the scripture. If you got a Bible, if you got a phone, you want to go ahead and get there. We're going to be in Acts chapter 4 tonight. And in Acts chapter 4, we're going to see this story of Peter. And I'm going to get to it eventually. I'm going to lay a little more groundwork first. But in this scripture that we're going to look at, we're going to see this word bold. And if you don't know this, the New Testament was written in Greek, and this word bold in the Greek is the word parousia. Everybody say parousia. Come on, say it again. Say parousia. Parousia. And this word means more than just being bold speaking. It means more than just being outspokenness. I want you to see this definition. 
This word right here, that we are striving to be as a church, that we are praying that we as a student community can be, this word means outspokenness. It means assurance. It means courage. It means confidence. It means to act without fear. And so, and so it looks like this, students, that if you really believe, again, boldness is behavior born out of belief. So if you get this, if you understand that, hey, God loves me, he is with me, I'm accepted, I'm his, he is mine, I believe that, and I let my belief drive me, that means I will be bold, I will be courageous, I will be confident, I will act without fear. Why? Because my belief is in the one true God, and I believe what he says about me is the most important, that I'm his and he's mine, and that belief will transfer into my behavior, and my behavior will be bold for the glory of God. That's what we're after, students. Are you with me? Two people. And so I am praying with all my heart that God would take this student ministry that for some in here may not be known or characterized by boldness, but that God would give us courage, that God would give us an outspoken spirit, that God would give us a desire to act without fearing, that God would make us bold. So, Father God, I pray as we dive in tonight, as we get going, Holy Spirit, we pray that you would rest upon this place. We need to hear from you right now, tonight. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come now and be the preacher. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you would give each single student here tonight eyes to see, ears to hear, a heart to understand. And God, that we would leave this place a little more courageous, a little more confident, a little more outspoken for you, for your glory, not for us, not so that people would see us on display, but ultimately that they would see you, King Jesus, on display. So Father, meet with us, Holy Spirit, meet with us tonight as we open up your word, as we study your word. And may we leave here changed people, why? Because we worship the one true living God tonight. It's in your name we pray and believe Amen. Everybody say bold. bold. Say it again. Bold. Let me show you some amazing boldness in Scripture tonight. And like I said, we're going to start off with a guy named Peter. And a lot of you are going to be able to relate to this guy named Peter. Because Peter, when we first meet him in the New Testament, he's a guy characterized like this. And you got to get this. He had bold intentions, but it was followed by timid actions. You know what I mean by that? He had a desire to be bold. He had a desire to be the man, but when the rubber hit the road, he didn't follow through with his boldness, and he was very timid. One of the most uh, uh, um, uh, well-known stories in Scripture is when Jesus is about to go to the cross, to die on the cross for our sins, and Jesus looks at his 12 disciples, and he says, hey, 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 when I go to the cross, all you guys are going to scatter. I, 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 no, nobody's going to stay with me. 
Y'all going to run. Y'all going to get scared. Y'all not going to stay with me. And Peter pipes up and he says, no, no. If all these other losers leave you, I'm not. I'm going to go with you all the way to the end of the road. I'm going to stay with you. I got your back. And you know what happens. Jesus goes to the cross, and on the way that very night when Peter made that declaration, he denied Jesus not one time, not two times, but three times he denied Jesus. To the point that he was so scared that he denied him to a middle school girl. I mean, literally a middle school girl said, hey, aren't you one of Jesus' followers? And he says, not me, uh-uh. Denied him three times. Again, what does that look like? That's bold intentions. I want to be bold but it's followed by timid actions. After that happened, something happened in the life of Peter. And, I, and I'm praying that this will happen in your life tonight if it's not already. He had an encounter with Jesus. And I, I, after he denied him, he's feeling down, he's feeling depressed, he's going back to fishing. But Jesus finds him. And you can read about this encounter in John 21. Where Jesus comes up to Peter and he says, Peter, hey, hey, here's the deal, Peter. Hey, you're forgiven. You're, you're, you're back in. You're one of the boys right here. You're one of my disciples. Follow me. And here's what I want you to do. As you follow me, I want you to feed my sheep. Three times he tells them, feed my sheep, feed my sheep, feed my sheep. And after that happened, it was almost like a, like a, like a switch went off in Peter. And instead of being a guy with bold intentions followed by timid actions, he becomes bold intentions followed by bold actions. So much so that in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 2, Peter gets up on the day of Pentecost, and in front of a massive crowd, he delivers one of the most bold sermons in the history of the world. He calls the people there a corrupt generation. And he says, listen, hey, you crucified Jesus, and here's what you need to do. You need to repent. You need to get baptized. You need to give your life to Jesus. And on that day, as a result of that bold sermon, 3,000 people got saved that day. That's a good day. Somebody say yes. 3,000. And the New Testament church exploded, exploded on the scene. And you can read through the book of Acts and you can see how those bold actions kept going and going and going. So much so. There's one story. Love this story. Peter and John are walking. And they come upon a guy who's been crippled for 40 years. Somebody say 40 years. 40 years. That's a long time. That's longer than I've been alive. No, that's not really true. Okay, I'm 43, okay. I, I know I look like I'm 25. It's because I'm moisturized and so should you. <laughs> 40 years, that, 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 that'd be like somebody in a, in a wheelchair for 40 years, a cripple in a wheelchair, can't walk, can't do anything. And Peter and John, they walk up on this guy, and they look at him, and Peter, in this boldness right here, not, not, not bold actions followed by timid actions, no, 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 no. Bold, he looks at him, he says, in the name, oh, I'm getting fired up, in the name of Jesus Christ, get up and walk. And here's this guy, come on, 40 years, crippled, what does he do? At the statement, in the, in the name of Jesus Christ, get up and walk, homeboy stands up and starts walking. It's a miracle. Amen. It's the boldness. Now, now, 
Try with me. If that happens, you're like, that's a good day. I mean, it's amazing. There's a buzz in the city. It's electric. Everybody's excited. You would think everybody's happy about what's happening. But there was a group of people that were not happy about what was going on. It was the Sanhedrin. The Sanhedrin were one of the ones that put Jesus to death, that crucified Jesus. And so they get word of what Peter and John are doing. And they're not happy about it. So they send people to go and arrest Peter and John and bring them in for a trial, to be on, to be on trial in front of the council. Now, you, and you got to get this. You gotta, this is what this would look like. The Sanhedrin, in their robes, they would circle up around the people that were on trial. Kind of like a bully, you know, put them in the middle. And as they would circle up in their robes, looking all flowery and all that stuff, they would start to hurl question after question after question at these guys to, to get them off base, to try to accuse them. And the Sanhedrin had the power. They had all the power. They could, they could beat the people. They could throw them in prison. They, they could kill people. That's how much power they had. And so here they are. They've surrounded Peter and John. They're on trial. Peter and John. For, for their, I mean, and they have the power to kill them. And, and one person looks at them. You see this in Acts 4.8. And one person looks at them, and they ask them, by what name and by what authority do you do these things? And in other words, how in the world are you going around and telling people who've been crippled for 40 years to get up and walk, and they're getting up and walking? How, how is this happening? And look, oh, look at Peter's response. So good. Y'all really got to read the Bible. It's really good, okay? Then Peter, look at this. I got it on the screen for you. Acts 4 8. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, these are the very people that could kill him. These are the very people that could beat him. These are the very people that could throw his butt into prison. He says this, rulers and elders of our people, are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? Do you want to know how he was healed? And they're like, yes, tell me. Verse 10, let me clearly state to all of you, and to all the people of Israel, that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene. That's how it was done. Oh, and in just, in just in case you forgot, look at this, look at this. The man you crucified. Oh, no, you didn't. Oh, yes, I did. Oh, no, you didn't. Oh, yes, I did. Oh, oh, I didn't stutter. Come on, come at me if you want to. The man you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. Now, I, 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 I got to talk about this. I got to talk about this really fast, okay? I cannot overstate, y'all, how bold this statement was for a couple of reasons. Number one, the Sanhedrin absolutely hated Jesus. They were glad he was gone. They were glad he was dead. They never wanted to hear from Jesus again. And on top of that, one of the foundations of their beliefs was they did not believe. They did not believe in the resurrection. They believed that was impossible. And so here's Peter in the midst of people who could literally beat him, throw him in prison, or kill him. They're asking, how in the world are you doing this? And he's like, oh, 
Oh, let me tell you how. You know that guy that you hated? You know that guy that you crucified? You know that guy that you couldn't stand? Oh, it's through him and him alone that we're doing this. Oh, and by the way, you killed him, but God brought him back from the dead. He back, y'all. You can't do nothing about it. You can't stop him. And they're like, what? 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 What are you talking about? And he goes on to say, he goes on to say that Jesus, Jesus, y'all with me over here? That Jesus is the one name under the only name by which salvation is given. So again, think about this boldness right here. They're circled up. They're in the middle. They don't know what the future holds. And they're asking him, how are you doing this? And they're like, oh, I'll tell you how. That guy you didn't like, that guy that you tried to kill, you can't keep him down. He's back. It's Jesus, and we're doing it through him and his power. So much so. Skip down to verse 13. Oh, I got so much I want to tell y'all, but so little time. The members of the council. Now, look at this. Look at this. Here's this, here's this highfalutin, hoity-toity, we the Sanhedrin, you not the Sanhedrin. I got my robe on. All this, they're looking at them, and they were amazed when they saw the what? It's on the screen. It's not a trick question. The boldness. They're amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see. That these guys, what are they? They were ordinary men, no special training in the scriptures. And they also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. So here we go. I got 11 minutes and 6 seconds and 5 seconds and 4 seconds and 3 seconds left. I want to camp out on that verse. I'm going to give you three things. Three truths from this verse that have to do with boldness. You're going to talk about these in your groups after this. I would encourage you to write them down, think about them. Let these truths be driven into your heart, and then you live these out. Because these truths that I'm about to share with you will change your life and help you to be bold, okay? So out of Acts 4.13, I see three key truths, three key facts that I really want you all to get tonight. And the first one is this is that God gives ordinary people extraordinary boldness. God gives ordinary people extraordinary boldness. You look back at Acts 4.13. Again, all these come from Acts 4.13. That's a great verse for you all to memorize if you're looking for a verse to memorize. The scripture says the leaders, the Sanhedrin, the members of the council, they could see that they were what type of men? They were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. Now, if you ever underline in your Bible, you circle things in your Bible, I would underline or circle that word ordinary. Because the Greek word for that word ordinary is the word idiotos. Everybody say idiotos. Now, idiotos can mean unlearned, it can mean unschooled, it can mean ordinary, but the most literal translation of this word, what do you think it is? It's the word idiot. idiot. Literally. 
You see, the Bible translators, they were being too little polite about that. They want to say idiots. But literally, the literal translation is that these guys were amazed and they couldn't believe the boldness of these idiots. They're morons. They're unschooled. They're unlearned. They don't have it together. And so here's the deal. Listen to me, students. Listen, listen, listen. Lean in, lean in, lean in, lean in. Shh, shh, shh. Listen, listen, listen. If you are the best of the best, Meaning this, if you're the most skilled athlete, if you're the valedictorian, if you're the salutatorian, if you're the prom king or the prom queen, the good news is that in spite of all that, God can still use you. The issue is, is that God specializes in using ordinary people. He loves to take people that others would overlook and give them boldness because a lot of you right here, you're like pumping the brakes and you're like, Stephen, how can I be bold? There's nothing special about me. I, I, I don't know everything in the Bible. I'm, I'm not that special. I'm kind of quiet. I'm not naturally bold. You know, I'm just normal. I'm just a dude. There are so many ways, students, that you can be bold, so many different ways. For example, maybe tomorrow in school. Everybody's gossiping. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. They're just going to town. And you're like, uh-uh. I don't want to be a part of that. And so what do you do? You just simply walk away. You're like, I'm not going to participate because of that, because of my faith. I'm not going to be part of this. And you walk off. And guess what? When you walk off and you don't participate, what are you? You are bold. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to give in to that. You might be a girl. And you're like, you know, all these other ladies over here, they're wearing things that are not entirely modest. They wear nothing but duct tape and dental floss these days. Holla <laughs> back, somebody. And you're like, you know what? That might be the style to, you know, to jump it and pump it or whatever, but I'm not going to do that. Yeah, that just happened right there, Pablo. I'm not going to do it. And I'm going to believe that my modesty honors God. And they're like, but it's the style. You're like, no, I'm not going to dress that way. Guess what? When you say no to that, what are you? You are bold. Guys, maybe you're, maybe you're, maybe you're a group, man. They're treating the opposite sex in not a great way. They're trying to hook up with whoever wants. You're like, you know what? I'm not going to treat ladies like they're objects. I'm actually, some, oh, I hope there's a guy in here who's about to say amen to this right here. I'm actually going to treat women like they created in the image of God. Amen. I'm about to fly off the stage. And therefore, I'm going to honor, oh, men, men, I don't need boys who can shave. I need men up in here. I'm going to honor, I'm going to honor my future wife that I've not yet met, and I'm going to honor my present God who calls me to different standards. I'm not going to do that. And when you say, I'm going to treat women like they've been created in the image of God, you know what you're doing. You're being bold. For the love, be bold. Don't be wimps, be bold. bunch of wimps anymore. We don't, need, we, don't need, we, don't, we, don't, we don't need wimps for Jesus. We need bold people who are willing to take a stand. 
And God, God gives ordinary people extraordinary boldness. When you step out and you invite someone to church, next week you got an invite night, right? Next week. So when you issue that invitation, you know what you're doing? You're being bold. Be bold. Bold moves. Be outspoken. Be confident. Be assured. Be who you are in Christ because out of that belief comes behavior. Number one, God gives ordinary people extraordinary bullets. Number two, you got to write it down. Write it down. Type it, text it, tweet it. I don't care what you do, but get it down. Your boldness will amaze the world. When you're bold, your boldness will amaze the world. Verse 13, the members of the council, what were they? They were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. Why were they amazed? Because they knew they could kill these guys. And, and, and Peter and John were like, we don't care. It's like the Apostle Paul, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. So hey, if you want to kill me, guess what? I get to go be with Jesus. If I keep getting to live, I want to live for Jesus. Either way, I can't lose because it's all Jesus. And so they're like, man, we're amazed at this. Here's a question. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Think about this, students. Come on. This is gut check time. When was the last time someone was amazed by your spiritual boldness? Don't shout this out. You just think about this. Come on. When was the last time someone was amazed by your spiritual boldness? Some, some of you tonight, you're like, I, mean, I, I, I can't even think of a time. I look more like the world than I do Jesus. And you were like, you know, I, I, I don't know. Others of you, you're in here, you're, you're, you're walking the walk. Others of you, you're like Peter was before he had that encounter with Jesus. He had, he had bold intentions but timid actions. He would say one thing, he'd come to Wednesday night, you know, student ministry. He'd get his praise on, he'd raise his hands, and then he'd live like he wanted to live the rest of the week. Bold intentions, timid actions. Uh, some of you are like, I don't remember a time when I stood up for my faith. In fact, I got a scale right here on a scale of 1 to 10. Rate yourself when it comes to boldness. One, one, one being, you know what, it's been years since I've been bold. Ten, ten mean to me, I am bold. I'm walking the walk. And, and listen, I'm not talking about being weird and being obnoxious and I love Jesus. Yes, I do. I love Jesus. How about you? I'm not talking about that. Don't be that. Don't be that person. Don't be a weirdo. I'm talking about when's the last time you've been bold? I'm talking about bold, listen, 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 bold with integrity, the boldness where you are serving people faithfully in Jesus' name, when you're encouraging them, when you're living with integrity and you're living with purity, where people look at you, come on, where people look at you and say, there's something different about that person. I don't know what it is, but there's something different about this person, where you're generous, you're generous with your money, you're generous with your heart, you're generous with your time. Where you've served your way into people's lives. Where you've earned the right to say, hey, I love you, but let me tell you about my Jesus. You see, some of you are like that, and you're living with boldness. And you're not just talking the talk, you're walking the walk, and I praise God for that. 
Others of you, you're like a one or a two or a three, and you can't remember the last time you took a stand for Jesus. You can't remember the last time you lived with integrity and purity, and you stood up for what you believed, where you were bold for Jesus. Because, again, that boldness is behavior born out of belief. And you're like, well, Stephen, okay, all right, Stephen, yeah, I'm feeling convicted here. On, on that scale of one to ten, I put myself as like a three. And I don't want to be a three, I want to be a six, I don't want to be a four, I want to be an eight. How do I grow in my boldness? How do I become more bold for Jesus? What do I got to do? That's number three, you got to write it down, you got to get this. That spiritual boldness comes from knowing Jesus. Oh, you got to get this. Spiritual boldness comes from your relationship with Jesus. Go back to 413. Let me finish it out. I'm about to land the plane. We're going to do some singing. It says, the members of the council, they were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. So your, your boldness will amaze the world. They could see that they were ordinary men. God loves to give ordinary people extraordinary boldness. Ordinary people, no special training in the scriptures. But then that last sentence, and they recognized, they recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. How in the world could Peter stand in the face of possible death and declare what he did? How could he look eye to eye with the Sanhedrin who could kill him, who could beat him, who could throw him in the prison and say what he did? He could do that. Why? Because he had been with Jesus. Here's the key. Boldness, 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 boldness is not the goal. You knowing Jesus is the goal. Why? Because your boldness is always a byproduct of your time with Jesus, your time in the Word. You growing in the faith. You see, when you live daily in God's word, when you're praying every day, God, direct me. Give me people to minister to. Give me opportunities to show your love. When you live like that, you're directed by the Holy Spirit, and you're going to see opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to be bold. Why? Because you're spending time with Jesus. So come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, students. How is your time with Jesus? One, how is your time in the Word? How is your time spending in prayer with Jesus? Because that is the only way you're going to grow in your boldness. In fact, I put it like this. There's a, a little a chart for you right there. There's four blanks right there. And it just goes around and around and around. Number one is your time with Jesus. Your time, how is your time with Jesus? Are, are, are you carving out time to be in the Word? Are you having a quiet time? Stuff that you've been taught over and over and over, it starts there. Your boldness is a byproduct of your time with Jesus. So you say, okay, all right, I want to grow my boldness. Number one, I got to spend time with Jesus. I, 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 I need to be in the Word. I need to have a reading plan. I need to read my Bible. I need to pray. I need to get a group with a group of guys to hold me accountable. And that number one goes to number two. Time with Jesus equals number two. You're growing in your faith. The more you spend time with Jesus, the stronger your faith is going to grow. 
And the stronger your faith is going to grow, which is going to lead to number three, it's going to add to your boldness. Time with Jesus equals growing in your faith equals boldness. Do you, do you see that? Time with Jesus will grow your faith. The more your faith grows, the more you're going to be bold. You're going to be people of integrity. You're going to be people of purity. You're going to prize that. You're going to say, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to go the world's way. I'm going to be different. I'm going to be bold. And as a result of that, number one, time with Jesus. Number two, grows my faith. Number three, helps me to be bold. Number four, I see the results. Oh, God will use you to do amazing things. And guess what? It just keeps going over and over and over. It repeats itself. Time with Jesus, growing in my faith, boldness, results. Those results result in me spending more time with Jesus, which results in my faith growing, which results in me being bold, which results in me seeing more results. And that just keeps going over and over and over. Listen to me, students. If you want to grow in your boldness, it starts with you spending time with the King of kings and the Lord of lords, Jesus Christ. There's no shortcut to that. There's no way around it. You will not grow in your boldness apart from your time with Jesus. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. The opposite is true too. Listen, because this is where some of you are. Number one, no time with Jesus. My faith is not growing. I'm not bold. I'm not seeing the results. Which leads to less time with Jesus, which means my faith doesn't grow, which means I'm not being bold again. I'm being timid. I got bold intentions, but I got, I, I, I got timid actions. I say one thing, but my actions say something else. And as a result of that, if that's you over and over and over again, then you'll see that you're, you're living for lower things in this world. And you're going to be wondering, why am I empty all this time and I'm lacking boldness? It's because, it's because you're not spending time with Jesus. Spiritual boldness is a result of your time with Jesus. So if you're like, Stephen, Stephen, yeah, here, 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 man, I'm like a two. I'm a three. I don't want to be a three anymore. I want to grow in my boldness. The good news that I got for you tonight is that you can. God wants to move you up the scale. He wants you to be bolder for him. But that's only going to happen when you spend time with Jesus. So students, let me tell you this. Band, if y'all want to come on up here and get ready. Students, students refuse. Listen to me. This is my charge to you. Refuse to be half-hearted. Refuse to be lukewarm. Be the real deal and fall so in love with Jesus that you are overflowing with a spiritual boldness of love and compassion to those who need it. If you're on the lower end of the scale, great news. God's got a ton of upside, and I want to pray that he's going to stir a spirit of boldness up in everyone in this room tonight. Why? Because God loves to give ordinary people extraordinary boldness. And when you walk in that outspokenness, that assurance, that courage, that confidence, 
You're living without fear. The world will take notice of you. There's something different about this person. I want what they got. They don't go with the flow. They don't blend in with the world. Instead, the world will be amazed by your boldness, but you're only going to get there by your time with Jesus. Are you spending time with Jesus on a regular basis? Because if you're not, I don't care how bad you want it, you will not be bold. You will fold in this world. And I'm praying with everything I got that this student ministry right here in this room would be characterized by boldness for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So God, I pray, I pray right now, every head bowed and every eye closed, God, that you would do a work in this place as only you can do. God, I pray that you would move right now, that you would speak to hearts, that you would draw students, middle schoolers, high schoolers, volunteers, adults, that you would draw them to yourself. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody's looking around. I wonder if there are some students in this room, and even adults back there in the back, who would be honest right here, right now, because the Holy Spirit is here. That you would say, Stephen, you know what, when I evaluated myself on that scale of 1 to 10, I'm not where I want to be when it comes to my boldness for you. I'm a two, I'm a three, and I, and I want to grow in my boldness. Just be really honest right now. If that was you, when I had you evaluate yourself, would you just, would you just confess that by raising up your hand? And say, Stephen, I'm not where I want to be in my boldness and my witness for the Lord. I see those hands. Keep them up, keep them up. Stretch them out. Stretch out that elbow all the way. It's okay. I see that. God, I pray for each person with their hand lifted up. God, God, I thank you for their honesty. That they would say, you know what, I need to repent of, of, of my bold intentions but timid actions. And God, I pray that with their hands lifted up that they would simply understand that for them to be bold, for them to be the man or woman of God that you have called and saved them to be, that they just simply need to press into you. And that you, Lord, would increase their boldness. You can put your hands down. Everybody's still praying, still praying. Nobody looking around. Father, I pray for each person here. God, that we would look to you. God, that your spirit would lead us. That your word would feed us. And God, that we would have an awareness like never before. God, that you would open up our eyes to see divine opportunities to share your love, to be bold, not for bold's sake, but because we have to, because we know how good you are. And God, I thank you that you would use us, and I pray that you would continue to use us to make a difference for you and you alone, because you are the only one worthy of living for. We love you, King Jesus, and now we sing to you.